0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Live Live. Joe at RT.ie, 51551 is our text number, and tomorrow we are in the Hudson Bay Hotel. It's a Toy Show Friday, it's Black Friday, and it's Funny Friday, it being the last Friday of the month and it's the last uh, funny Friday before Christmas Eve which is a Saturday uh, December 24th obviously where we will be in Grafton Street between 9 and 11 o'clock uh, will you get a taxi to the Hudson Bay Hotel yes the, outside of Atlone tomorrow it's your choice uh, but it's easily accessible but Matthew got a taxi and was scammed Matthew good afternoon good afternoon Joe how are you this happened in Dublin what happened so on uh, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, I was coming out of the pub and ran after doing the socialising some friends okay. and uh, tried to get a taxi on the, one of the taxi apps. And unfortunately, they kept failing or cancelling and, you know, I was kind of getting a bit frustrated. So I decided to walk home. And on my way, uh, a taxi beeps me on the way and I thought, you know what, it's been a long night. I might as well hop in. So as I was hopping in, you know, there was a plate there. I just assumed, yeah, this is a taxi. Um, a girl was getting out um, and seemed a little bit unusual at the time. But, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, looking back, it looked a little bit unusual. But anyway, the, the driver proceeded to take me close to my destination and claimed that he didn't know where my address was. So okay. uh, he, asked, he, he asked to have a look at my phone on Google Maps. And uh, shortly after, uh, uh, dropped it into the passenger side footwell and claims he had a bad back and couldn't get it. After a little bit of back and forth, I said, look, of course he can. Long story short, he got me out of the cab and drove away with my phone. Oh. Oh. Um, that no, was a, a, take us through that ruse again. He's... So... so he asked, had he a taxi... He, I presume he had a taxi sign. He did have a taxi okay, sign. Okay. Illum, illuminated and everything. Yeah. Uh, when we got close to the destination, he didn't know where my exact address was uh, and asked to have a look at it on my phone which admittedly was pretty, fairly foolish in my part. But no, not necessary, but anyway. Being a trusting individual, I, I yeah. handed it over and uh, he proceeded to drop it into the footwell and uh, said he couldn't pick it up and asked me to get out to get it, which I eventually did, and he just drove off, uh, which is bad enough. But, but unfortunately, um, my wife was out at her work Christmas party staying in a hotel. Mm-hmm. So when I got, I got home, I had no way to, to cancel the phone or contact my banks or anything. So... I woke up in the morning to find that uh, money had been taken from three of my bank accounts oh. and um, passwords changed and other things. Like It was an absolute nightmare, to be honest with you. Money from your account? Yeah, uh, up to about 1,300 euro was gone. So this, this wasn't... This, not, not that it did look like an accidental drive away. This, this was a setup. Oh, this is an experience scam. And in fact... My my wife has an Instagram page with her twin sister, and they put up just a, a, a public service announcement the next day just to tell everyone to be careful. And about five or six old men uh, all contacted them directly, saying the exact same thing has happened to me. Slight variations. Some people were pickpocketed by the girl as she was leaving the cab. Uh, one fellow was very unfortunate. There was, a, there was a guy in the back of the taxi. They drove him off to an area, demanded his money and his pin codes and his and all of those details. So. It's, it's uh, yeah, it was amazing. It all happened in, on on the same weekend as well. And what did the Gardaí say, Matthew? Oh, they they were absolutely fantastic. I have to say, to be honest with you, they they've been they've taken us extremely seriously, mm-hmm. and uh, I've contacted all the individuals involved. But 
the difficulty is is trying to identify these people. You know, they, they picked me up in a spot uh, outside of Ranelagh where they knew there was no cameras. They dropped me off at a spot where, they, where there's no lights and no cameras. So they really are experts. And, you know, it was mentioned to me in passing that if, if it's not Dublin this weekend, it'll be Cork, Kilkenny, Limerick. And why, or why do you say they? Um, without going into too much detail, uh, the, the, the scam was known to the Gardaí. They, like, I didn't need to give them that much detail and they, went, they, they, they knew the gist of it. Um, and it's 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 just unfortunate it's going on, particularly close to Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know they're they're preying on people who've, who've been out socialising, had a couple of drinks, and are letting their guard down. But if the scam was known to Gardaí, surely they should have told us about it. Well, look, it's 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 it's, it's, it's hard for me to answer that. But I, I I think the difficulty lies is in in actually catching the individuals involved. There seems to be a number of people. Uh, in, involved in this, and, and so much so that that when when money was transferred onto my Revolut account, it was mm. transferred to another victim's account. They, the the other members of this organisation or whatever you want to call them were waiting at an ATM to withdraw the money. Like there was, they were very yeah, sophisticated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're they're at the ATMs with their hoods up, things like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. to be fair to the guards, they're doing absolutely everything they can, but. But the guard, in fairness, the guard, anyway, because I heard, now maybe I misheard a remarkable warning from the guard about Cyber Monday, which basically said, don't, would you trust buying something, would you trust giving 50 quid to somebody who went around the corner? But I think most online purchases, you know where the money is going and PayPal help you and Apple Pay help you and credit. But anyway... Um, and I was listening to it and I said the, the, the guard here saying don't buy anything online if you follow that logic and 90% of people who have access to the internet that's not uh, everyone by a long shot buy, buy stuff online surely they should tell us by the way there is a scam going around at the moment and the scam the sting of the scam is the driver asks you to, to let me look at your phone but it's, it's not only limited to that, 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 Joe, to be fair. You know, as I said, there was one of the victims, uh, he was he was driven away, locked in the car, and okay. they, demanded, they demanded, you know, it, it, it's it's not just the, the one side, okay, it's yeah. all, to be fair. Like, it's, you know, I, I think it's it's very difficult, and, and that's kind of why I wanted to say the story, because, you know, particularly mm-hmm. coming to Christmas, people should be very careful. I know there's a shortage of taxis out there, and also I do want to say, uh, the following day after, I had to get a number of taxis just to, to try and sort my life out, for want of a better word, oh, and I yeah. couldn't. The the hard working and brilliant fellas, they were they, were, they just happened to be old men. Yeah. They were absolutely gentlemen. You know, only charged me a fiver for a long journey and things like that. So it's 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 very much a, 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 a it's not. Tax- and there's no the guardy like what's, what's, do we know anything about the number on the roof of the taxi? There is a number. You're gone, are you, Mitchell? Okay, okay, Lisa, good afternoon, Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Okay, Joe with RT.ie back after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Matthew, briefly, you're back there. Did the guardie say they would put out a warning about this scam or they reckon it's so rare it's not worth it? Well, to be honest, I didn't ask that question. If I'm perfectly okay. honest with you, um, um, I was more more that I, I in fairness, I asked them to be mind if I spread this out there and yeah, look, man. And get yeah. awareness. That's 
that's that's what the main thing is. Okay, so what's your advice, Matthew? Well, I'm a very trusting person, and you know, I think maybe a little bit of caution. I've learned a, I've learned a lesson. If somebody doesn't, if someone doesn't have their own Google Maps, you know, take a bit of warning. Uh, if there's somebody else in the taxi, which was a number of the other victims, okay, big, oh. big, big flag, big warning. But I suppose the other thing is, it's it's just such a shame that there are such a lack of available ways home at the moment. Yeah, Taxis yeah. or buses and things like that. You know, the alternative is walking home on your own, and that's not safe for everybody. So, look, there's no quick answer to it, but I suppose just come up to Christmas, just may be a little bit more careful. And why, why of the 1,300 double, brand new double-decker buses in Dublin alone, that's all I can talk about, uh, costing nearly half a million each. Why are ninety nine percent of them at a half eleven at night scurrying back to the garage and uh, parked up for a lot of them for nearly twelve hours? It's just crazy. And then every time we get a new minimum night link service, minimum I hasten to add, there's a big brew ha ha and uh, bells and whistles and balloons. We need a proper night link service and I'm sure the staff would be willing, obviously it's overtime, and I'm sure people would be willing to pay the extra few bob, which they do on the night link anyway. And any night link I see is full and the reason it's full, the few night link services that are there are once an hour. One bus every hour. So in other words, the one bus does the journey out and the one bus does the journey out back. So on any given night, if there's six night link routes, that's six buses out of the over 1,000 buses that we bought for uh, Dublin Bus, who were a great, great company. But And I'm sure, by the way, if Dublin Bus had their way, but it's not their decision, as we know. It's now uh, Transport for Ireland that make these decisions. Um, but it is chronic, and it is chronic coming coming up to Christmas. So if they are going to make announcements about Nightlink, let they be let they be meaningful announcements. But thanks for warning us in that scam. Matthew, by the way, would you... How do you feel about... Now, says you, obviously, it's probably a, a, a dummy plate or dummy number on the roof. Would you, as a matter of course, take a photograph of the roof sign before you get into the taxi? Well, to be honest with you, and it was brought to my attention afterwards, the, the driver check app by the Transport for Ireland that you mentioned there is, is a, a safe way to do it. From now on, yeah, I will be more careful. Um, and ideally, I'll be booking through through apps if, there, if taxes are available, because then there's traceability. But kind of going back to what I said, 99.9% of drivers that I've ever come across are, are, are fantastic and would do anything they can to get your goods back to you if you leave them behind. I know that, I know that. It's just, it's just unfortunate this this, yeah. this incident has kind of soured it a bit. Yeah, and it's, as you say, sometimes there can be another person in the taxi who's in aiding and abetting and be, you, don't, you don't know that as you're getting in, of course. Exactly. Um, you, okay, Matthew, mind yourself. Um, well, thank you very uh, much. Do, do you, you manage to get Credit cards cancelled, as you say, but they still got a few bob out. Is that covered? Um, so far, one of the banks has done a full refund. Um, because Revolut are based in Lithuania, it's a slightly slower process, but to okay. be fair, they've been pretty good. I'm, I'm still hopeful, but but look, the main thing is I'm safe and and, and, and that's the main thing, you know? Okay, okay, thanks. And Matthew, thank you so much for no talking problem, about it because some people, when they feel they've been scammed like that, say, oh, I don't want to add to the... They, there's no embarrassment. They feel, oh, I don't want to add to any embarrassment in Manhattan. But well done for warning people, especially on this day, which is uh, exactly one month away from uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, Lisa, good afternoon. It was in Tremor on Tuesday afternoon. 
Uh, no, it was Waterford. Oh, Waterford. Oh, sorry, on the Tremor side of Waterford. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I jumped the gun. Tell us what happened, because it was a pretty awful experience. Well, I was travelling from... Uh, the, I came I came in on uh, to Polbury on the on the back the back road from from Tremor to Waterford, and mm. as I uh, moved, I wanted to go up to College Street where the school of music is. Okay. And as I crossed from um, Polbury, it's a one way system. Okay. It, it's changed, and there's a, a filter like to Cork, and a filter uh, that will bring you into the city and straight up to. College Street. Okay. I crossed over to the lane, which would give me access to College Street. Okay. And suddenly there were about well, I felt there were nine youngsters between twelve and fourteen on scooters coming against me. Mm-hmm. Now they were coming. I was going wow. on with the one-way system, and they were coming against me. And they they weren't a bit like some of them were on the footpath. But they were on the road. So what I did is I just put my hand... Oh, I got such a fright. I just put my hand on, on the horn and I just kept it on the horn. Of course, drivers were looking around wondering why I was blowing the horn. But really, they had no idea of the danger they were in. But they, they well, just, uh, many of them were on the actual road. Well, they, well, 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 they shouldn't well, be on the... F- they shouldn't be on the, the road. F- there were only two on the footpath and the rest of them are on the road. And the, but, the, but they were young. They weren't. They weren't... They weren't in puberty, like they were. They were yeah. like a twelve to fourteen age group. I would have, I felt. Uh, and like, yeah, I mean, they have no idea the rules of the road. They obviously were coming from school. Well, you know, this uh, this this, this is this is a statement from the Department of Transport. By the way, uh, Lisa, do you think there was a possibility you could have hit one of them accidentally? Of I mean, it happens. Yeah. I just, I mean, like. I was just looking, if I had come from Tesco, for example, round the corner, I'd have landed on them, whereas I had come from the other direction, uh, so they were in my sight. Mm-hmm. You know, but I certainly got a fright. The current, the current legislation, wait for this, currently it is illegal to use e-scooters in a public place in Ireland. Well, if that's the case, we, we must be the most lawless place on the planet. They are mechanically propelled vehicles under tra- road traffic. They require registration, taxation, insurance. So, currently, it is illegal to use e-scooters in a public place in Ireland. That's but, what the but, department said. Tell us. But but they they've been used everywhere. Everywhere. Are they required by law to wear a helmet? Is there an age restriction? And there's no legal use of as there is no legal use of e-scooters in a public place. There's no legislation. Because they're all criminals. It's just, the it's country's just... been overrun by criminals. It's illegal to use <laughs> e-scooters. Where well, can no. where can a person ride in an in, in e-scooter? Pri- I, I don't know. Private I, I... property with the landowner's consent. The programme for government has a commitment to provide for legal use of e-scooter public road property overall programme of take a micro-mobility. Micro the road traffic and roads will recently second introduce a new category of vehicle, uh, powered personal transporters (PPTs), which will include the bill when e-scooters. Would the bill when passed will enable the Minister for Transport to make regulations to allow for the specific types of PPTs, such as e-scooters on public roads? These regulations will set out appropriate technical safety standards for scooters, as well as rules of use. In general, 
This is what they're planning. This is probably why there's nothing happening. In general, e-scooters will operate under the same rules of the road as bicycles. E-scooters which comply with power, speed, weight restrictions set out in the regulations will be legal to use on public roads and will not require registration, taxation, insurance or a licence. E-scooters who do not comply with these requirements when they're uh, announced power, speed, weight will remain illegal. But as of now, e-scooters are illegal but it, it's whenever they, they enact the bill and the, the minister then works out the regulations, well, then they will become, it looks like they'll become as legal as uh, bicycles. Uh, Lisa, did, did you manage to talk to any of these magnificent no, no, nine? No, no, cause no, because Well, to tell you the truth, I was so... Well, I, that, that traffic was moving and, and the lights, you know, yeah, yeah, I, the lights were, red, or, yeah, or, sorry, were green, so I, I, I just... I just Blew the horn and kept moving. Okay. I, 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 I thought it was so shocked that I... <laughs> now, remember, you must, and you know this yourself, um, because it happens in Dublin, not just with e-scooters, but sometimes with people rambling onto the road with without a buy or leave. Um, and... Um, and it, but no, no matter how much in the wrong... you Sorry, in the right you feel you are... Under no circumstances, do your absolute utmost to avoid hitting anybody. Your absolute yeah, utmost. I, was, I know that. I know that. I just kept going because, it, like, that's a very busy junction. Okay, John, your quick point, please. You were you were knocked down. What happens? Yeah, well, I was on the twelfth of June, Joe. Um, I was in a place called George's Key in Cork. It's a one-way street, and I got off of the bus and I went to the back of the bus. So the bus would pull off, and I would come out from behind it across the road and obviously I only look one way because the traffic would be coming from my right and I did not only more when this, this, this massive collision and I was blown down to the ground now I was hit with such force this thing was going at such a speed the person on it really accelerated that I really looked up when I was on the ground dazed and cut and everything and totally bewildered so I was looking for the truck that hit me or the lorry okay. or the bus such as the force of the impact. How I survived this, I don't know. If my head had went down, it, we wouldn't be having this conversation now. And I firmly believe these things, like when the guards came along, the guards confiscated the scooter, and the guards said to me, I'm going to confiscate the scooter now, Johnny said, but I don't know even have I got the authority to do that. This is a no man's land at the moment. These things shouldn't be on foot. Well, not, not, not according to the Department of Transport, John. They say currently it is illegal to use e-scooters in a public place in Ireland. End of. Bye-bye. Well, this is it. Like, I mean, why are they... I, I uh, can see them every day. They're bombing along footpaths, bombing along in, in between Because traffic. there's so many of them on the road. How would you police that? Well, they confiscate them. Simple as that. I mean, if they're illegal, they're you'd illegal. Want a, you'd want a fair big warehouse now, wouldn't you, to confiscate all these? Yeah, well, but at least, at, least, at least to be a staff then, you will, because, I mean, like, I was very lucky to survive. Like, as I said, if my head had been down, it would have been all over. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm glad, you're, I'm glad you survived yeah. that, uh, that fully intact. Thanks, John. Thanks, Thank Lisa. You. Joe at rt.ie. 51551 is the text. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. And Joe at RT.ie. A lot of people, uh, rightly so, very, very moved and upset by the 75 minutes yesterday um, dealing with the 35 young people aged between 6 and 12 
um, who are being denied uh, this new drug, which is working for so many others and with cystic fibrosis, and according to the European Medicines Agency, works for six-year-olds. But there's a standoff, and it's a lifesaver. There's a standoff between Vertex, which is a pharmaceutical company, which is based in Pembroke Street in Dublin, one of their offices, uh, their, their Dublin office, and the Department of Health, which is based in Bagger Street. In fact, the distance between the two of them, you could walk it in six minutes. Six minutes. That's how close they are geographically, but they say they seem to be uh, miles apart um, financially and in, in other ways. And basically, um, what the, the HSE are saying is that we did a deal uh, with Vertex uh, for this uh, drug, uh, CAFTRIO, CAFTRIO, K-F-D-R-I-O, and um, it was for one cohort, and now we've discovered there's another cohort who would benefit from the drug, and that's these 35 children. You can see it in your mind's eye in a classroom. 35 children, aged 6 and 11, but Vertex, according to the HSE, are looking for more money than they got originally for these outstanding uh, 35. Uh, Vertex, and we'd love someone to come on from Vertex or somebody knows who knows anyone working in Vertex. They say, this is their statement, uh, the 35 patients in the 6 to 11-year-old patient population with specific genotypes were not included in the original agreement that Vertex signed uh, with the HSE in 2017 because it was not known at the time that our medicines would work in these patients. Uh, my words, it's now proven that they that they do and the European Medicines Agency says it does. Vertex is committed to seeking a rapid resolution together with the HSE and these discussions remain the highest priority for Vertex. These talks with the HSE remain constructive and active to secure a path forward. Now, the HSE statement, again, 500 yards apart, Building-wise, but miles apart, uh, deserts apart in terms of action, it looks like. The HSE regrets that Vertex have not submitted the requested dossier to date, and the HSE has informed Vertex that it should submit the dossier as soon as possible to progress this application to a decision. So if you're listing Vertex in Pembroke Street, the HSE, please explain, if, if you could, it's not explained to me, explain to those... 35 families and there are countless, countless people who've never met them but are deeply moved by this, the awful situation uh, they're in. What is the story about this dossier? Now, is it a medical dossier? Is it a financial dossier? At the HSE, uh, don't make it clear. They say, by the way, we've had 13 meetings with Vertex between January this year and October this year. Well, we're now into the cusp of December so that means in the last six, seven weeks, there hasn't been any meetings. But Vertex say these discussions remain the highest priority for Vertex. Yet the Department of Health said they haven't met them since October. And now we're, as I say, exactly one month from Christmas Eve. And these children are waiting. Let's hear their stories themselves, please. Uh, Emma Fitzpatrick. Emma, good afternoon. Good Joe. How are you? Uh, your son James is nine and he's one of the, the 35. Yeah, he's one of the 35, some of which stories you heard yesterday. Um, so we're in the same position as those families that you were speaking to. We're sitting, waiting, wondering when we'll get our hands on this wonder drug that we've been waiting for so long for. 
And were, were you like other families yesterday? Were you given the impression that Caftrio was coming oh, for absolutely. James? I, I mean, I, I think it's important to note that we, we would all have been told by our consultants and our clinics okay. that the drug was coming because they believed it was and, and they had no reason to think that we wouldn't get it. So Because it was okay that it was yeah, passed, yeah. Exactly, and because we are eligible under the, the drug process, under um, it has been approved by the EMA, as, as you yeah. were speaking about yesterday, they had no um, idea that this was coming down the road. In fact, the first I heard of it, um, I got a phone call at half five on a Friday evening from my consultant to tell me, actually, you know, we've bad news here. We've just got word that you're not going to be covered um, and they're going to be covering the 140 other children aged 6 to 11. So, I mean, I think getting a phone call from a consultant at half five on a Friday just goes to show how upset you know, all the consultants mm. and all the medical teams are about this just as much as the parents um, because no one had any reason to believe that we wouldn't be covered. Um, it, it, all of this was supposed to be covered in this pipeline deal that was done in relation to our candy and future drugs. All of these children were supposed to be covered. It was supposed to be future-proofed and we were never supposed to be in this position again that we would be, you know, uh, protesting um, in relation to getting these drugs for our kids. And we heard yesterday so vividly that without Caftrio, we heard from people whose children were getting Caftrio and then uh, we heard from those who are one of the 35 families that are excluded at the moment, which over a wrangle. It's nothing, it's not about side effects or will it work or there's a a scare. It's a a wrangle about money. There's there's no question... Between grown men and women arguing. Exactly. There's, there's no question as to the efficacy of this drug. In, yeah. in fact, it, it, it has been shown through clinical trials that this drug will actually work better for the 35 than the 140 you're already getting it because they haven't had previous access to any modulator. Actually, the improvements on trial are more significant for these 35 children who are being excluded. So there's no question as to the efficacy. They are eligible to get it. It is literally a question of money. And it comes down to the fact that, I mean, you heard from the statements you're getting from Vertex and the Mm. HSE. We've been hearing the same thing for the last six months. They keep passing the book. The HSE saying, oh, they haven't submitted the dossier. But, I mean, what they're... What is is this dossier? I think what they're referring to there is that they're saying that they want Vertex now to submit CAFTRIO for this tiny number of children. Say say that again, ma'am, your phone, your line dipped. Sorry, they want sure. Vertex to submit for a full health health technology assessment. So this drug has been proven to work. There's no yeah. reason to think it was. And now they want to go down this. But why big, big Why did HSE want something that the EMA have already given? Exactly. I mean, there's no reason. And there's 140 children of the same age in Ireland already getting this drug. There's no reason that it should have to go for a full assessment. I, I, I mean, they're passing the book by saying that. It's an easy answer. Mm-hmm. There was... It's pipeline deal done in 2017. Someone messed up and didn't include these children. There was a blip in the contract. Vertex are a company. They're looking to make money and they're mm. now taking advantage of that. And Vertex would, Vertex would say the cost of developing, and they're very good in the CF area. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem to be very progressive. But the cost yeah. of developing new drugs that work is phenomenal. Is phenomenal yeah. because yeah. a lot of the times you develop new drugs that don't work and they, they have to be paid for. So that's what that's I'm sure that's part of their argument with. But given that we're talking about 35, a classroom of children, 
I mean, it's a tiny number of children, really. And I mean, can we not have them? Can we not? Or even give access to them in the interim while these so-called meetings are going on. We're now six months down the line, Joe, and we're we're no near. We've had no further information than that first phone call I got back in in April, May about not James not getting the drug. We are absolutely no near a resolution. So now I am. I'm looking at my nine-year-old who has six months more damage done to his little body and his lungs without that drug in my hands. And, I mean, it's important to note, we, we all work really hard to keep our children well. Mm. I mean, really, really hard. And we do everything we can, no matter what I, I know, do. Yeah, yeah. That, that disease is, is progressing in his body until I get my hands on Castro. That is the only thing that can stop CF regressing in his body. And, and you heard Gillian. Gillian could yeah. speak for herself. Yes, Gillian yeah. said, Castro saved my life. Absolutely. No ifs I mean, or buts. She's walking proof of how amazing it is. And yeah. I mean, there's, there's more stories. Um, I mean, Gillian's most well-known, I suppose, and a lot of people would, would know of yeah, her in the yeah. country. But there's dozens, like dozens, hundreds more stories of the same, of those kinds of miracles. And you have to take account that Gillian's getting at a certain age with a certain amount of damage done to her body yeah, as well. Yeah. James is there. He's at nine. We want to stop. And how is he? How is he doing time. at the moment, Emma? Without he, Castrio, unfortunately. He is, like, we're very lucky. James is very well. Okay. Um, you know, uh, he is very well. <laughs> I want to keep him well. I don't yeah, want no. him to be sick. That I have to come on the radio saying, "Oh, he's this, that, and the other. Please give it to me." We want to stop it. I don't want to get to that point. I don't want him to have to have six months of IVs so I can. You know, cry yeah. on the radio. And, and your that. point, your yeah. point is, it is a ticking clock. You it can't is. turn back yeah. a ticking clock, unfortunately. Absolutely, and any damage that is done, it can't be reversed. All you can do is stop it, and I mean, yeah. you are literally stopping the progression of the disease. So, I mean, if you were looking at any nine-year-old that you have in your life, and you thought mm. that there was something there to completely improve their quality of life, to lengthen their life, to to save it. And you were being denied that because of a blip in a contract between yeah. two parties. It's absolutely soul-destroying. And do we know a Vertex big in Ireland? Are you? Well, from a CS point of view, they are. I mean, yeah. I think that's okay. No, but I mean, do they manufacture here? I couldn't no. find, yeah, I couldn't find no. a, I found an no. office, but that's... Not as far as I know. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, they're, an, they're an American company. And, yeah, they are. And just to go back yeah. to your point about the amount of money, absolutely, the, you know, there's, there's a lot of money after going into the development of these drugs. But just to be aware, uh, in America, where Vertex are, are primarily based, a lot of their funding comes from the CF Foundation there. I mean, I'm talking millions okay. yeah, have been yeah. bankrolled by yeah. that charity in America into the development of these drugs. So, I mean, they're not there, you know, yeah, willy-nilly, yeah. like putting all their money into it on the goodness of their, yeah, of their yeah. souls. They, they have received a lot of money. Have you, ever, have you ever met anyone from Vertex? No, no. Okay. And I'm sure, again, I'm saying with the Department of Health, I'm sure these are all decent men and women. Yeah. Um, but what is the hold-up? Like, there is a, the, 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 we, if we just deal with the dates. Yeah. The HSE say the last meeting was in October. Yeah. And Vertex say, um, this is this is our highest priority. Uh, for, this is from their Dublin office. So yeah. it's the highest priority of Vertex in Ireland is to sort out this debacle and, and save those 35 children. 
but according to the HSE, you haven't you haven't met each other, despite the fact that you've definitely mm. walked past each other because yeah. your two offices are so close, or you've sat in the same coffee shop as each other, or Matt the Trashers, or whatever the, the uh, restaurants and coffee shops. If you're lucky enough to be able to use one, you've definitely passed each other. Yeah. Is there any way you could you could come to some, uh, as you say, even interim agreement? Yeah. Uh, but no, anyway, there, there's bound to be a formula of words that can be I agreed. Mean, there, there is, um, in the grounds previously before these drugs are approved, to be given to persons who are very sick on compassionate grounds. So something to that effect. I mean, there is obviously yeah. ways and means to do that. So give it to our 35 on compassionate grounds very see, they, ones they, and let them deal with the issues in the background. Yeah, okay. um, but I remember the, and CF before when we got when people were campaigning on compassionate grounds, it really helped that a number of the companies that were manufacturing were based in Ireland. But that's yes. that's not yeah. always that's not always yeah, the case. Yeah, say say with us, Emma. Eilish yeah. Lions. Eilish, good afternoon. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Um, what, what's your situation? It's your daughter. Yeah, so my daughter is four years old and she has cystic fibrosis and okay. she's eligible for uh, Caftrio. Okay, so I just yeah. wanted to come on and I suppose lend my support to the campaign because my little girl has been very sick. She's had three hospital admissions since June and, yeah. you know, my husband and I, we always say, oh God, we just can't wait for her sixth birthday because that means she's going to get Caftrio and we're just so hopeful that, you know, things will improve for her. So, mm. you know, um, I can't imagine what it must be like for those families who are expecting the drugs and then to be told that, that they can't get them. And I'm just really hopeful that the more people talk about it, the more that these two sides will sit down and we can find a resolution because these kids deserve these drugs now and so do their families. And you're saying once your daughter, I didn't catch your daughter's name. If you, if yeah, her name is Avine. Oh, Avine, gorgeous. Name. Once, uh, once Avine hits six, you've been yeah. told she will get Caftrio, yeah, okay. Aiding, her yeah, situation, her genotype, yeah. is already in that pipeline agreement. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. correct. Okay, okay. And she's been in hospital twice since June. Three times, yeah. Three, oh, three times, times since okay. June. Mm. Um, so it's the thirty-five that we're we're campaigning for. The the, the parents are campaigning for. Uh, Fauncia, Fauncia Keenan. Uh, good afternoon. Um, hello, Joe. How, How are, you? are you? And uh, this has uh, a really yesterday's program had a really not that you need a uh, not that you need a reminder with your gorgeous, gorgeous daughter Emma, uh, who died. Um, but yeah. yesterday brought back a lot for you. Um, I think Joe. Yesterday, um, I was actually listening to you um, from work, and um, Gronya Madden um, came on the radio, yeah. and immediately the hair stood on the back of my neck. Um, and particularly so when I listened to the to Fia, her youngest daughter, yeah. having um, a coffin episode. And to be honest, it took me back to nearly 12 years ago when Emma, um, our daughter, was here in the house with us. And to be honest, um, I thought long and hard um, before I wrote the email yeah. and I just felt so compelled to contact your show because... I really felt for Grania Madden yesterday. I just put myself in her own shoes and I felt that she's a mother, she's at home, she's looking after two very sick children and in my opinion, I don't think she should have to come on to Liveline yeah. on the National Airways to try yeah. and beg effectively for something that should be her daughter's human right to have. 
Um, I and she was at, she was, I, I totally agree with you, she's at her wit's end. Yeah, um, you could hear the emotion in her yeah. voice. And it's a ticking clock, that is the problem. It absolutely is. It is a ticking is. clock. It really is. But 11 years ago, what, what, what drugs were coming online, or what drugs were available for uh, Emma? Um, to be honest, Joe, Emma um, passed away before any of these, okay. what we will call wonder drugs, yeah. appeared on the, on the horizon. Yeah. I suppose Emma was born in 1993, and a consultant in Crumlin at the time told both myself and my husband on the day that they told us that Emma had cystic fibrosis. Um, I remember she told me that there were so many drugs coming on board and there was a lot to look forward yeah, in relation yeah. to cystic fibrosis and that by the time Emma, please God, would make her first Holy Communion, that there should be a cure for CF. So, as I say, Emma was born in 1993 and she lost her brave battle and it was a brave battle in 2011. And I just feel from a human perspective and, mm. and I suppose from a parental perspective, I just feel listening to these ladies pouring out their hearts to yourself yesterday and again today, I just have a very simple message. And my message would be that there are two people or two groups involved yeah. in this whole situation. And it's six months ongoing. Yeah. So basically, it's quite simple. We have 35 children in this country who are not allowed to have this new drug. And mm. basically, they've given it already to 140. Yeah. Now, it's available today if they wanted to give it. And in my opinion, and maybe I can stand to be corrected on this, it's the HSE versus Vertec. Mm. Um, and I felt very compelled yesterday when, when Gronje said that she had met with Stephen Donnelly a month ago. Yeah. Now, Stephen Donnelly is our health minister. Mm. And Stephen Donnelly and every other politician in this country need to remember that they actually didn't just walk into their jobs. Mm. They were voted in there by the people. Mm. And if Gronje Madden met with Stephen Donnelly one month ago and he hasn't come back to her, mm. well, I, in my opinion, there's something seriously wrong there. Well, it could be, but hopefully they are, hopefully they are working away. That's I'm sure they are in the background, Joe. But, but the HSE said, tell us they haven't met them since October, so... Yeah, I just think time is of the essence here, and yeah. I really don't think it's something that we can afford to let go on for another few months. I mean, I really do believe that this medicine is available, as I said now, um, it's not speculation. It's not hearsay. If you listen and listen to what Ruth had to say yesterday in relation to her son, Harry. Yeah. If you listen to what Gillian had the difference, to say. Just to remind people, Ruth, less I haven't got everything in front of me, but Ruth was talking about the difference it made for Harry. Yeah. The positive Harry, difference. Yeah. The, yeah. Life, the life-changing difference. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's, a, he, he's running. He's doing normal, everyday things that every child in this country deserves to do. And from a stress perspective, I think unless you actually have witnessed somebody with cystic fibrosis battling for their life, nobody really, and it's not anybody's fault, but unless you mm. actually witness it yourself, nobody really understands the stress and the heartache and the con constant work that goes on behind the scenes trying to keep all these little children mm. and young teenagers safe. And, and even when you think of COVID, 
like that exacerbates the stress for the likes of Grania Madden, for the likes of Ruth, for any mum and dad who are at home minding children today with cystic fibrosis. You know, the winter time you dread it. And, and really and truly, our government needs today to sit and listen to the people of this country talking about something that is actually every child's right. And it shouldn't really have to go to a petition stage or a protest mm. stage every time there is money or every time there is something need to fund these medications. We have a fabulous country. Yeah. We have some fabulous nurses and yeah. doctors. Absolutely, lots of, lots name. of. Yeah, and you, what, what do you, in your email, Fonch, I think you described them as, and it wasn't a cliche, as angels. Joe, I, I, I witnessed for 17 and a half years Emma's brave battle. And let me tell you, there are some amazing medical staff in this country who are so underappreciated, not by the patients or by the patient's parents, but by the actual government. Our government today in this country have a sin to answer for in relation to an awful lot of things to do with healthcare. And I really, really believe that all the children who are at home now in this winter of 2022 deserve, there's only 35 of them. We're not talking about 350. We're talking about 35 kids. And if the meeting and the deliberation that's going on between the HSE and Vertex at the moment, if that drug, Taftrio, could be given to the children, those 35 families, that would be the most amazing Christmas present. What a, what a, what a... At the end of this year, where they've waited so long, they were told oh. that the negotiations are ongoing. Um, the, the HSE tell us they've had 13 meetings. That's, that's nearly two a month Absolutely. until October, and everything seems to have ground to a halt. Vertex say it's our highest priority, and we're saying it's it's Christmas is... Uh, the 25th of November is tomorrow. Christmas is a month tomorrow. Exactly. I know Christmas is... You know, the, the, people in the, po- the people who have power, Joe, are the people who can make things happen. Hmm. And really and truly, this is doable for all of these 35 families. This See, unless and uh, I think, unless I think Vertex in Dublin is hamstrung by Vertex, I think it's Boston is the HQ. You know what I mean? I don't know how these systems work, but, but if there's any way we can get across... To anyone uh, associated with Vertex, or indeed the HSE, but especially Vertex, to say to them, we are talking about 35 children in Ireland, exactly. and children everywhere, are of, their lives are of equal worth, and there's nothing that affects us more than the death of a child. Nothing, nothing. nothing. Um, nothing. That hurts us more, that, that resonates more, that traumatises us more than the death of a child. And if anyone listening, I know we've listeners in the States, anyone listening in the States who knows anyone in Vertex, it's often the way it works. You just have to try and get the message across. And you hear that cough when that child was coughing yesterday, uh, Fonche. Yeah. It, yeah. is, it is heartbreaking. It's not it fair. It is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It's not fair. Okay. It's absolutely heartbreaking. And I mean, if anybody out there can do anything to help these little children that their yeah. cough eases or that they get a chance to run in their local athletic club or as Gronya said yesterday if the two girls can make the stairs without being under pressure yeah. I mean anybody who has any breathing difficulties will tell you it's so exhausting it's so so stressful for those people and if it's doable there's no reason why it can't be done and was our can be even on the horizon when Emma passed 
No, Joe, or wasn't Camby even, wasn't. Okay. So Emma would have been so on a lot just of shows it, it just shows that the, the la- how how incredible. Unfortunately, too late for dear Emma. But how incredible the advances have been oh, in the last huge. decade alone. Yeah. We still, as a family, fundraise for cystic fibrosis well and CF Ireland do fabulous incredible, work. But yeah. I get the magazine on on a, on a on a on a quite frequent basis. And even to read through the articles of what's coming yeah. on board and all the advances, it makes you excited for all the children who are newly diagnosed and, and for all the young ch- all, all the young people of Ireland who deserve this. And, I'm just, and as uh, you said yesterday, we have the highest incidence of CF in the world. In the world. And I think for that reason alone, but in our the lifetime, should be on us. In, in, in a lifetime, this could change dramatically. I don't, I don't think there's any other... Uh, illness where we are uh, our, our uh, condition where we are top of the league but that in a lifetime it could change positively for everybody Absolutely. for everybody and I'm just thinking back Eilish um, your uh, Avian is four she's yeah. been in hospital three times yeah. a four year old in hospital yeah. how did she manage when which you have to if you have to leave the room or whatever can't be there all the time. It's just so traumatising, apart from the actual reason why you're in hospital, the fact, the act of being, the being, the being there, as Heidegger would say, the being there in hospital is can be very, very traumatising, I'm sure. Really, really traumatising. And um, Avian is, like her medical team is based in Tala, and we're lucky that there are fabulous play therapists yeah. there. And they're just so, so helpful. But it's completely traumatic every time a child has to get an IV or blood taken or cough swab done. It's very traumatic for everybody involved. And you're trying to keep your child calm. And it's really distressing and upsetting to see them so unwell. Um, you know, you're trying to make the hospital yeah. a positive place because you go there a lot. But, you know, it's, it's really tough. It's yeah. really tough. At the time when Avian first went in, I was 34 weeks pregnant with our second daughter. That was very tough because my husband was trying to mind me and mm-hmm. keep his job going and try to, you know, keep all his leave for when our second daughter arrived. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. she ended up in hospital again. Then when our little daughter, Fia, was only five weeks old, she was back in for another two weeks. So that was just really tough again. And then just at the start of October, she had another 36 hours since, shorter this time. But each time it's, it's IVs and bloods and swabs yeah. and x-rays yeah. and ultrasounds and... It's really, really tough on the kids. It's so, so tough on them. And, and fa- like I said, my daughter's eligible for these drugs. Yeah, yeah. So I just keep saying yeah. to myself, okay, it's going to get better. But yeah. that's why I just want all the kids to be able to get them because it's so, so tough on everybody. And the reason your avian is four, she'll be six. But even but she she has been told she will get it when she's six. But the 35 who are be aged between six and 12 because of their... Even though that's now in the, that's now accepted, it, it does work for them. They weren't in the original deal, and they're excluded, and they're caught between um, these these two forces, which are they are both positive forces in society. They are. But let's let's be clear. We've come on a long, long way thanks to pharmaceutical companies, um, and we've come a long, long way uh, thanks as well to good governance. Um, so they're two good forces and. Can they knock their good, good will together? And and Fonja, I reading your email, you mentioned as well to me, which which was very upsetting for me to read, but for you and Emma to experience that Emma was when she was in a hospital, 
um, she would be very anxious. Yeah, um, yeah, Emma had um, my learning disability, Joe. So staying in hospital for Emma um, was her biggest fret. Uh-huh. And, um, and, and in Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital, where we spent the vast majority of our time, um, the, the doctors and nurses knew Emma. Uh, to be honest, we, they were like our family. They were yeah, like an extended, yeah. me- you know, they were like extended members of our family. And they used to make her cups of tea at night to try and settle yeah, her. And yeah. I would have always stayed with her in hospital. But to be honest, home IVs made our life so much easier because yeah. once Emma came yeah. back in the back door at home and she was here with her daddy and her brother and her sister and myself every night that we spent together the five of us under the one roof I used to pray for that and um, yeah. you know you go to the hospital and obviously you stay when you have to stay but any time that you could get home and do your IVs at home like our house here was like a, a mini hospital yeah, but we had the very best of, of support okay. and, 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 I'll, and I'll always be grateful for that Okay, well, God rest her. She would have been, what, 28, 29 now? Uh, Emma would be 29 if she 29. were here with us now. Yeah. God rest yeah. her. And thinking yeah. of you, Fonja, and thanks. Uh, for. Joe, thank you so much for all your efforts. Uh, well, yeah, I, I just, I just, I just, when, when that first call came in yesterday from Grania, and when she, when she played that um, piece of what she'd gone through, it, yeah. it, 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 it a grain of sand in the desert of coughing that that child is going through at the moment. We heard, we touched that really grain bad. of sand on the radio yesterday and it really affected people. Yeah, um, it really did. That's what made me send okay. in the email. Okay, yeah. Fonja, thanks indeed. No Eilish Lyons uh, as well and uh, thinking of Avine and Emma and thinking of James. Both young, gorgeous children, full of life. They will live with CF. They will live with CF. They will live. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Hertha, Hertha Schär is uh, contacted us from Mayo. Hertha, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, actually. Uh, sorry about all this trouble. I have very bad reception usually when the weather is very bad, so uh, it was a little bit complicated to get contact to you. Thank you anyway. OK, so tell us where you are and what's the weather like? Yeah, the weather is a little bit hellish today. Hellish, OK. Near, near, near Westport. You're near Westport? Yeah. OK. And where do you live, Hertha? Do you live on your own or...? Oh, I am on my own. It's not really at my own because my dog is just with me and okay. my cat is with me. <laughs> your dog and your cat. And what are their names? Um, my dog is uh, named after an Irish animal, which is called Bumblebee. And it's in German Bumblebee. language would be Hummel. And does your dog answer in German or in English? Oh, we have more languages. We have a Bavarian language we have. <laughs> you have Bavarian as well? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and English and German and whatever. She understands anything. And what, what type of dog is your dog? Bot- <laughs> border Collie. A, a very confused Border Collie. <laughs> no. no. OK, <laughs> but she's your... And your cat, have you name on your cat, Erta? Uh, Mr Cooper. Mr Cooper. And who's he Who's he called after? No, oh, he is uh, he's, uh, the boss of the house. The Absolutely, of the house. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And yeah. how long have you been living in Ireland, Herta? Uh, 30 years. 30 years? Yeah. And you, are you from Bavaria? You mentioned Bavaria in there. Yeah, okay. I am more or less an environmental refugee. Okay, <laughs> why, why are you environmental refugee? 
uh, the Germans were crazy with building roads and roads, and they tarred every little field path, and it was just crazy. But you were living in Bavaria. Whereabouts in Bavaria were you living? I know there's cities uh, on, in Munich. And on the rim of the Alps, actually, yeah. So you were living, you, you were living on the rim of the Alps. Yeah. And I you get, you gave it up to live in Mayo. Yeah. Okay. And were you living in a town or in a? No, I am on a hill. Uh, on a hill. Absolutely okay. remote and uh, just beautiful. I have the birds in the morning, pure, not uh, no disturbance with traffic noise or whatever. That's just my life. <laughs> so. but, th- but that is here in Mayo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I just I just finished a book about uh, a village in southern Germany, near Oberstdorf, near Schindelberg. Yeah. I don't know whether that's anyway uh, near near where you where you are. It was an incredible book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. No, I'm uh, actually near a town. It's called Rosenheim. Okay. It's uh, on the river Inn. And it's near to the Austrian border. Okay, well, this this book was uh, is written by Julia Boyd. I don't know whether you... And um, she talked... It's called A Village. It was a village in Germany during the Second World War. And it was overstaffed. And it's an incredible... Incredible book, but she also described the incredible beauty of the area. But oh, anyway, you you prefer yeah. Mayo? Yeah, uh, because I'm very sensitive to its noise and uh, okay. a lot of uh, trouble and uh, hectic and uh, whatever. Uh, I think uh, Ireland is picking up a little bit the continental habits, uh, getting as nervous okay. and okay. <laughs> permanent on the flight. And where 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 you are in Mayo is very quiet, is it? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's just just my my way to. Okay. Uh, now like you it. you've contacted us because uh, you want to change. As a lot of you, sorry, you have to change bank. Yeah, okay. and uh, I try to find an exotic creature like I am uh, who is not in this um, net of so-called communication. Okay. I think not everyone has to have these things. And I thought I have no electricity, so I wouldn't even be able to to deal with it. And uh, I said, I don't go into this because um, oh. we will get a little bit later, we, we will get the side effects because uh, every uh, thing, every invention which we have, actually later on we found out that there are side effects which are not too okay. healthy. So you have no electricity, but that's, that's a decision, that's deliberate. Yeah. You have no electricity, okay. How do you light your, your, your home? You're just a simple candle. Candle, okay. Uh, how do you heat your home? I have a good stove, an iron stove, okay. and m- most of the fire uh, material I make by myself. I have a lot of uh, uh, trees and broken trees and storm damaged trees, so there's a lot okay. of fuel actually. And and how do you cook, Hertha? On the stove. On the stove, okay, brilliant. Yeah, and you're... I don't do, I don't <laughs> cook too much. <laughs> Why not? Uh, no, um, I'm very busy. I have animals. I have um, uh, farm animals, uh, yeah. horses and donkeys and sheep. So I wouldn't have too much time to okay. for long cooking. I do the cooking in the early morning if I cook. Then I have to good fire. But you'd have a meal every day, Hertha, I hope. A hot meal. 
not not every day, no, but uh, in winter time, yeah, mostly, yeah. Okay, and do you grow your own vegetables? I did. No, not anymore. Okay. Not anymore. Yeah, I did. I was very self-sufficient over a long period. Okay. But, and uh, your, near, your nearest big town is Westport? Yeah, it's only eight kilometres okay. away. Okay, and do you, do you go shopping there? I go one time a week. Uh, I don't, uh, I'm not a car driver. I have a car because my access is very, very bad, not okay. reachable actually for normal cars. So I go one time a week and uh, save every uh, kilometre which I can save and uh, go shopping and that's all. Okay. The time before I was, was just biking, but that's impossible now. You cannot bike anymore. It's too dangerous. And are you a member of any clubs or societies or...? So I'm a member of Civil Trust. Civil, Civil Trust. Civic Trust. Civic Trust, yeah. Um, I was uh, in Germany. I was uh, in connection with a lot of environmental organisations and um, that's my way anyway. Yeah. So I'm... Uh, and have you heard it? Do you, do you, do you, uh, by the way, we're getting on to the bank for you now. So I hope to have it answered in a few minutes. So that's why I'm asking you these 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 questions. If you don't mind, don't answer them. Do you have a f- uh, if you don't want to? Do you have family in Germany, Hertha? Um, a little bit spread out. Yeah, I have two children in Germany and okay. one one son in France. And what they're do- all a little bit um, uh, okay. green. <laughs> okay. And have they been to visit their mother? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, but it's a long journey. And would you be conscious? And asking them to visit you about the environment and carbon and air miles and no, they have to say they cannot fly over to. I don't take visitors which are coming by airplane. I only have people who are coming by boat. So if someone arrives, one of your relatives who's been looking for you for years just to say hello, and if they arrived in Mayo and eventually found you eight miles outside of Westport, I'm looking at you on Google Maps, you're in the middle of nowhere, eventually <laughs> f- find you at the, the, the foot of the mountain, you'd say to them, is that an airline ticket I see sticking out of your pocket or a sticker on your bag? <laughs> and if they say yes, you'd say turn around. No, no, I wouldn't do this, no, no. <laughs> but, uh, no, um, um, these guys uh, are all very, very um, responsible and they would, okay. uh, they would act in a way which is, uh, yeah, just careful. Okay. And I heard, to, to, in terms of, are you connected in terms of, do you have a doctor, do you have... Thank, hopefully you don't have to go to a doctor, but if you did have to go to, go to a doctor or a hospital or... Yeah, I have to make the arrangement. Yeah, it's okay. That's sorry, yeah. sorry. So and have your friends heard? Not that you need friends, but have you friends? Oh, I have a lot of friends. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. And but you like well, you like your company with Mr. Cooper and uh, Mr. Bumblebee. <laughs> Yeah, no, I have um, such, a, such a relationship which is just a very, very deep uh, yeah. on on all sides. Uh, I think we are sticking together. And um, so, but I would not um, miss other people, I have to say. You know, you have to have your talks and your, your chat and your laughter sometimes with other people. And so you like people? Uh, some people I like, some people I just cannot stand. <laughs> and Herta, how long would you go without speaking to somebody? Um, it could be easier week. 
Okay. Yeah, but I get uh, sometimes I get phone calls, or yeah, okay. uh, you know, but it doesn't replace. A phone so if call you don't replace, if you don't have electricity, how are you powering this phone you're talking to me on? Uh, in my car. Ah. Yeah, ah. and when when I go to town, uh, oh, you charge it up, okay. So um, I have to do it in this yeah. way, and uh, before I had the car. I got the car actually when I stopped biking. Um, then I was going with my equipment okay. to town and a cup of coffee and charged my phone. And would anyone check on you? Would the postman come to you or the postwoman? Or would the, would the guardie drop in on you every now and again and see how you're keeping? No. Okay. No. The postman is, my letterbox is about 800 metres away. Okay. And would you not have your letterbox on your hall door? It means... Oh, I think the postman would kill me if he would drive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're brilliant, they're brilliant, they're brilliant. Okay, Hertha, we have a statement from the Bank of Ireland. Okay. Yeah, this was my trouble. Yeah, um, actually, uh, the reason that I contacted Lifeline was that yeah. I have no possibility to get a new bank account because I have no internet. And yeah. I think this is um, discriminating. And I think mm-hmm. it's also not... Um, I think there is no law, so they cannot force you to do this. Yeah. And I think the bank should a little bit be reined in that just the bank. Okay. Well, well, this is what the Bank of Ireland said to us. Uh, and I have to ask you one, might be an embarrassing question as we go along, Hertha, but you can tell me whether you want to answer or not. We can arrange for the account to be opened in a branch. You do not, Hertha does not need to have access to the internet. If Hertha is happy for... Uh, you to share us live and to share her details we'd have to get permission from you we can contact her directly and arrange an appointment in our local branch if you pass on Hertha's phone number we can get the local team to call her and set up an appointment we have a branch in High Street in Westport a full service branch with cash services etc now I have to ask you Hertha are you over 66? Oh yeah quite a bit yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they say, if Hertha is over 66, we don't charge current account transaction fees. Well, that's, that's nice to hear. But, you know, I, I cannot understand it because I was really like a beggar going from one bank. Yeah, to the yeah. other. And they say, no, they really kick you out. They say, no, no chance uh, if you don't have internet out of here. Well, well, you don't have it. You say to me, not only do I don't have internet, I don't have electricity and I don't want it. No, I wouldn't like to be forced into it. No, okay. all people are crying about about uh, a, a lack of uh, electricity and en- energy, and I, I just got uh, my penny dropped thirty years ago or forty yeah. years ago. You know, we cannot continue this way, Joe. It's absolutely impossible. The, the way the environment. Is gone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, we, we have overdone it. And now, uh, why did we not start uh, saving things before the world was burning? Yeah, you know, we are not is. too intelligent. And we evolved in the Green Party in Germany when you were there. I was never a, a party member, actually, but I supported them in some cases, which I thought are uh, sensible and helpful. And uh, I wouldn't join them now because I think they are more camouflaged than green. They're more what? Camouflaged. Camouflage. Yeah. Okay, that's a good way of putting it, I'm sure. But they still are fighting a good fight, aren't they, in general? The Green Party in Germany was, um, was, was there before a lot of Green Parties. 
Yeah, they were quite active, yeah, and I was uh, supporting them over a long period, and uh, uh, this was quite, quite helpful okay. in the other, with the other trends all around, and uh, so this was helpful. And when I was coming to Ireland, there were only uh, five members in Westport, uh, members of a Green Party, so I joined them for a while. Are you trying to uh, okay. uh, Yeah, but I stepped out because I am more consequent than Green Fellows. Okay, because say I need to take a quick ad break, Herta. But I don't. If you don't, if you don't eat that much and you don't shop that much, I don't think there's much in the ad break that would interest you. But here it is anyway. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. We've been contacted from the foothills of Mayo by Hertha Scheer, originally from Bavaria. Uh, She lives there with her trilingual dog, uh, Mr. Bumblebee, who speaks German, English and the Bavarian dialect. Mr. Cooper, the cat. And you've donkeys as well. Have you, Hertha? (laughs) I have two rescue donkeys and a donkey uh, which I got before from a neighbour. And uh, three Connemara ponies and some sheep and uh, two geese. Okay, and Hertha is off grid. She no electricity by choice. Uh, she heats. She lights by candles and heats by uh, wood stove. But Hertha, we should not get solar panels. Um, yeah, I would like to uh, not for light, but um, maybe it would be it would be handy. But I actually cannot find anyone who who would do it. I uh, I was not very lucky with with people who were working here, and okay. uh, I need I need really uh, maybe it develops now a little bit because okay. I have solar at, at home in Germany, uh, but. Uh, I couldn't find actually a competent yeah. person here yet. Maybe it, it will improve. And do you like do you like Irish people, Hertha? Oh yeah, I was crazy uh, with people and uh, I, I like some music and uh, like all yeah. these things. Yeah. And and do you yeah. understand the Irish sense of humour and irony? Um, not always, not always, <laughs> but sometimes. <laughs> I understand. And what, what, what uh, is is? Uh, by the way, did you see uh, Germany being beaten by Japan? Not see. I haven't got lectures. Did you hear about Germany being beaten by Japan in the World Cup? Well, I'm not interested. In okay, if you didn't even hear about the World so Cup, okay. I just hate it. I get the cramp and I hear this sport uh, enthusiasm. Yeah. It's more hysteric. It's hysteric. And how do you how do you pass your time every day? Do you read? Do you paint? Do you do arts and crafts? I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> You've got to walk. Walk. Okay. Good. 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 No, and how how do you celebrate Christmas for the last thirty years living on your own in Mayo off grid? Oh, I can handle this very well. I get, I go to my, uh, uh, by myself, planted uh, woodland. Okay. Get a big branch of a pine tree oh, or whatever lovely. and put it back in the house and decorate it okay. with some kind of stuff, with heather and uh, more grass and all kind of stuff. Looks nice and strong. But do you celebrate it with people on Christmas Day? Well, sometimes, yeah. Ah, sometimes, okay. yeah. And where's the furthest you've been in Ireland from Mayo? What? Have you been to Dublin? Have you been to Kerry, Donegal, Belfast? Uh, 
Oh yeah, I mean as visitors, uh, we go oh. around. Yeah, okay. and uh, so we go, I love the area in Clifton and Connemara, and uh, I wouldn't like to be too much in towns. I don't like towns. Don't like towns. Okay. <laughs> and I was thinking earlier on of Petra Kelly, who uh, was the founder, wasn't she a founding member of the Green? But did you know her, Herta? No, but she been a contemporary of yours, Petra Kelly at the Green Petra, Park. Petra Kelly. Petra, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I have known her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, and she was so. a, she was she was very well known in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people actually. Uh, the Irish uh, neighbor told me when she died. Okay. Yeah, okay. because I didn't have the German papers. Okay, and, and uh, you're you're in good health. Oh yeah. Great, great. Okay, well, we'll 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 talk to you after the program, Herta, about how to set up the meet. But the Bank of Ireland seem extraordinarily amenable. And uh, I, I half read in the statement there that they'd call out to see you if that would help and sort out the details. So, Herta, can I it's say... It's very, very helpful. It's very, very helpful. I'm so thankful. Do you listen to the radio a lot? Uh, yeah, in the morning. Yeah, yeah there's nothing, I'm, out, I'm sure, outside there's nothing, all day. Yeah, sure, there's nothing on in the afternoon anyway, worth listening to, for God's sake. Until three, uh, until I'm three o'clock. I'm inside now because the weather is so lousy. <laughs> okay, okay. Stay <laughs> indoors, stay safe, Herta, and uh, we'll be in contact with you in the next few minutes.